Tonight's episode of Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball Podcast, just like all our episodes, our title sponsor is Travis Brett and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. You know, they've got a renter's policy that you can rely on. A renter's policy offers protection from covered losses of your stuff, accidental injury to your home and when you're legally liable, and extra living expenses if the home you're renting becomes uninhabitable. Your belongings. Well, they provide coverage on the items that make your house a home. Ask about special coverages, which offer protection on your finer possessions that may not be covered by your base policy. Talk about living expenses. In the event that your apartment or rental home becomes uninhabitable, their coverage will provide you with some security and additional living expenses. If you ever wonder, what are my belongings worth? Well, if you're not sure, they've got a tool online right there on the website that can help figure that all of that out. Well, when you travel, do you use Airbnb or some other kind of home share service? Well, they can provide you coverage when you're doing that in another person's home. Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance provides the coverage you may need if that homeowner's property is damaged during your stay. So you want to know all about this and all the other insurance options that Travis and his team can provide? Well, give them a call at 812-295-3129 or check them out on Facebook. Travis Brett and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. No matter your insurance needs, they've got you covered. We're getting ready. Last second instructions from Coach Edison for Plymouth and the same from Dave Omer for Washington. Here we go. Justin Smith. He's going to find Luke Zeller. Luke Zeller at midcourt. Puts it up at the buzzer. You are lucky to be tuned in to another fantastic episode of Birdies. Bourbon. He's back. I had a lot of fans requesting, you know, I'm worried about that stuff. You know, eh, got to do what you got to do. Well, I know our number one fan wasn't real happy with you calling Blake and I pricks within the first five seconds of the show last week. It's true. I thought she approved. No, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll she again, she started saying that <laughs> <laughs> she started saying that we were picking on you, and then I said, "Did you hear him call us pricks?" And then she she changed her tune. Oh, she had, she had, she had to go. She had to go back and listen again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we got a got a great show. We've been teasing forever, and it finally happened. We. Uh, we were lucky enough to uh, have a sit down with uh, Indiana high school basketball legend Luke Zeller, and so we'll be playing that uh, that interview tonight. Very, very good, good interview. Blake, what'd you think, bud? Oh man, yeah. I mean, all we had to do was say a couple words, and he just had stories on stories on stories, and he really he covered the 
basketball court very heavily, but he does have a nice birdie story. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. So real uh, good. Cool. So yeah, he, I mean, great, great guy. I mean, he, I mean, he's one of those, you know, he'd do anything for the community and yeah, I mean, just, it was, it's a great role model for anybody to follow. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so great interview. Like I said, told stories, really kind of dug into that uh, the last few seconds of that state championship game. And so that will be very interesting. But stick around for the whole interview. We have a big week. It's a big Friday. We have the Varese, Lagodi volleyball, and North Davis, Linton football, and then girls regional and golf. That's right. I, I actually that's just a, a just, yeah we just got a call actually the bar reef school called out and said that juniors and seniors could obtain uh, one ticket each for that game uh, they're going to be selling those tomorrow so there might actually be like a sort of a normal student section for a very very big volleyball game 250 tickets bar reef got is what i saw yeah i think that's right so that's good um, you know let the let the you know, especially for these seniors, let them enjoy a little bit of a crowd, and, and I'm glad to see it happening finally. Yeah, so I, so I, I was at North Davis uh, last week in volleyball, and they actually had a student section. Yeah, it was just nice to see them back back in, and you could tell the girls and everybody a lot appreciate it and kind of build off that momentum a little bit. So. Hey, I, I want to talk about that volleyball program real quick, just just to make a, a quick blurb. Nine and eight. Yeah. I, I am so happy for her. Oh, yeah, that's great. And that, and that yeah. whole program up there. Yeah, they Jordy, good job. Game, they have a huge game tomorrow against Linton that could decide the conference. So, uh, and and a year ago they weren't even a bleep in the conference. No, right. No, we should try to get no, her. Uh, we yeah. should try to get her on maybe next week and, and talk to her. Yeah, that I, I I was looking through some stuff today and I was like. I said they're nine and eight, and I and Blake. What? How many did they win last year? Two. Two. Wow. Yeah, that is awesome. what. Three A Evansville Bossy on Monday. Yeah, that was a big win for them. Nice, nice. Um, and I, I want maybe you guys can help me out here. I see the governor said, okay, so we've been stage four point five, four point five, and now we're moving up to five, and that is opening up crowd sizes. Yep. On yeah. Saturday, does anybody know what that means? Because I have October. No, the mask. Your mask. You Masks must wear. Are, right, right, right. But the the crowd sizes supposedly crowd sizes now are are open from what I'm gathering. Yeah, I know a lot of schools that since like last mid last week they're starting to kind of open it up. So yeah, and I, and I saw then I saw the other night I was watching the the hatchet football game that they had their student section under the scoreboard and they allowed their student section to come in there. Good. Like I said, like we just said, two big games, Friday, a regional Saturday, tennis sectional next week, so yeah. hopefully just in time for all these things. Finally, these athletes starting to get the support they deserve. Yeah. I want, so. I want to be contact traced. <laughs> you I want. want to be contact traced. Because I'm pretty freaking boring. <laughs> I go to work, I come home, and I've got no friends. So Yeah, you just got pricks. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, hey, let's, get to, let's go ahead and get to our awards. Um, and speaking of pricks, um, Chris, do you want to go first? <laughs> That's wow. wrong. Wow. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> Your ass better come. Somebody, my high 
five award of the week. The whole world Number is awaiting the announcement of this award. Exactly. Can't you feel it? So this team is a, was the number three small school team in Indiana. They have proceeded to wrap up four invitational wins in a row. Wow. Terre Haute, Brown County, South Knox, and then last night they won their own invite. Man, that Bar Reeve girls cross country team is a bomb. They sure are. I mean, they four invites in a row, and now they are the number one small school team on uh, IndianaRunner.com. Awesome! So awesome! Great! Congrats! Job. Congrats to them. They are they are doing well. Uh, McKenna, I think, believe she went. She won last night. Yep. So. And, um, and they won yeah, that. And and Abby Ballinger been coming on strong and running running real well in her first meets, and she wasn't there last night, and they still won. So great job to exactly. the entire team. Yeah, exactly. I got I got a I got a text that if that if Abby was there, they may have had a perfect score, wow. which I believe is sixteen. Really, a perfect score in cross country. So, that's but yeah, that's that's my high five. Of the week. All right. Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel of dealing. Limousine riding. Jet flying. Son of a gun. Yes, sir. So mine is going to go to Miss Gracie Nepp. She is a North Davis Lady Cougar uh, golfer who advanced to, she actually had a heck of a week. She first, um, Wednesday, got uh, named to all conference. And in the all in the flat conference meet, and then on Saturday she qualified. I believe with a 93, and we'll get to be playing at our own Country Oaks Regional on this Saturday. So awesome! Big kudos to her and Coach Weinger uh, to get somebody through to that to that regional. I mean, yeah, for sure. Haven't heard much. Haven't heard much from them all year. And then I know she was coming on strong. I saw him there three or four weeks ago, and she, he said. She can hit it a long way if she can put it all together. You know, she's got a shot. So. And she the, she had one heck of a front nine, right? I mean, you, you texted. Yeah, 43. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they that's good. A cushion, so. Yeah, congratulations yeah, to her and, and Nick. I know they're they're out there working, you know, and they, and it's paying off. So congratulations. She's only, I think, a sophomore. So, yeah, I mean, she's still got two or three, two more years, hopefully. Yeah, well – and I've after I do my award, we can kind of talk about that subject a little uh, a little bit more. But um, uh, let's go to the Brino Mike performance of the week. Thank you to Jimmy JJ Walker for that. Um, along those same lines, uh, I'm going to give my Brino Mike performance of the week to the Barry Lady Golf Team and uh, we're going to st- obviously stress that uh, and stand out that Brayley. Nep won the right to go to the regional back here at our home course, uh, just like the North Davis golfer did. Um, had a had a solid round, and and then one of those things where you shoot a score and hang on, and you start scoreboard watching. But she made it, and uh, and that's going to be great that she's she's going to get a play on her home course with her home fans, and and uh, and come back here for the regional. And uh, Caitlin Wood who is her teammate. Barry's only got two varsity golfers, but she shot a 111. And 
in her first sectional, and that's another personal best for her. And those scores, you know, and, and you golfers out there think, well, we're celebrating 111s. But first-year golfer, the scores have continually gotten better. And, uh, and then at the junior high level, um, Olivia Emmons medaled in, in a match with Reve on Monday and then medaled again tonight, co-medalist uh, against South Knox and Pike Central here at, uh, at Country Oaks. And then Brenna Nepp, Braley's sister, um, she's continuing to get better and better. So, guys, next year the Bar Reeve golf team is going to have a full team, and, uh, and they're all continuing to improve. So that's my performance that's of the great. week is the Bar Reeve girls that's golf. Awesome. But uh, but back to it, Blake. Um, girls golf, which was basically in this area, dead. And Chris, you know this as yeah. well as I do. We're on the move, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I love seeing it since uh, Darren Pinnock, You know, Claudia Melina Paget days for Washington. Now, yeah, it's starting to come back. That's, I mean, that's great. And Josh had a full team over there this year in, in Washington. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So. And I think, and I, I think the uh, the junior high team that they're playing kind of under a Country Oaks banner, but I think there's four four Bar Reeve kids, two boys, two girls. Um, Lincoln Miller, Levi Trailer are the other two Bar Reeve kids, and then there's either four or five Washington kids. So we got some kids playing golf. That's awesome. Is uh, Sam jealous yet? Now, well, there's we haven't gotten a report on that yet. Um, but no, I, I think I think he's happy for his sister and 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 exactly. Sam has exactly. said forever if Olivia ever decides to dedicate herself just a little bit um, in golf that she'll be the stick in the family. So uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes. You told me you told me that a year or more ago. I I think yeah, but you know she was out she she was just out there playing around and and she would just go out and hit. And that's all she would do. But you told me that, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe that. Maybe she'll lighten up a little bit on us and her little promos for the show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's going to start saying, I have a better golfer than those three combined. <laughs> no, don't give her any. Don't give her no yeah, ammo. Don't start writing her material. She doesn't need any more writers on that stuff. Well, I was going to say, though, before we left local sports, uh, our big matchup that we previewed there last week. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Good good call. Lagodi 4-1, correct Four, over Bar-Eve? 4-1, Bar-Eve, uh, they got a win yep. and uh, two doubles. Yeah, yeah, so, again, they'll be facing off. Surely, probably here, I think so, sectional is not this weekend, but next weekend. Um, I know, they got conference this weekend and sectional the next weekend, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good win for Lagodi, I think. Still undefeated. He texted me today and said they play number 23 Terre Haute South this weekend. So wow. Another, okay. big test, another big test for them. Yeah. So. Uh, do we have any pr- predictions maybe for Friday night's game? Uh, Bar even three sets. Yeah. I, I, really? Yeah, I think so. That's what, I, that's what I'll go with as well. I think, I, I think I'll go Bar even. I think. I think we'll go to at least get set off of them. It's not, it's not too. I mean, they had another good win there against Washington last night. So they did. They did. They're, they're playing well. I would have liked to have seen Barry play them, play Washington Monday to kind of compare the two. Yeah. And, I Well, uh, I you know, Blake, since you think, I think we just go $5 a set. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there goes Brian trying to get his one and done paid for already. 
on on golf though, real quick. What do you guys think of the U.S. Open? That's what I was going to ask you guys. What um what a power so, I mean, powerful a literally powerful performance. So, well, so you brought it up probably what a month ago. You asked us, you know, Bryson's changing golf, and I think after this weekend, I mean, he totally turned the U.S. Open where you're supposed to worry about fairways. You're supposed to have an excellent short game, and I'm not saying he didn't do some of those things, but. Yeah, he's changing the way I think golfers are going to be thinking. Chris, what was it, 23, <laughs> 23 out of 58 fairways? Yes. And yes. That's, and he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't care. It, it's just that I'm going to bomb this. Yep. And, and then here's the deal. I'm going to bomb it out of your rough because he, he created, he, he's created himself to be so strong, mm-hmm. and it's just – and with the swing speed, it, it didn't matter that it was a 15-yard fairway. Right. And that's, yeah, yeah, right, right. And so he was he was bombing it past that. You know how they bottleneck the fairways with bunkers? And he, he was still bottling it past, or hitting it past it. And you know, we, we all saw it. And, yes, it changed it. And I, I don't know how the USGA goes next year because it's at Pebble Beach next year. Yeah. Yeah, and and now granted, you got the wind and everything else that plays with Pebble Beach. Of course, I, I mean, does the does Pebble Beach grow the rough two feet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because what you know, well, we, we, I was just gonna say we heard about this rough, you know, setting a coke bottle down in there and you couldn't see it and all this. It made zero difference to to one player in the field. Right. Yeah. He just he just powered through it. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, too, because you know he's going to test Augusta here in another month and a half. But he's if you look at the boundaries there, too. If you look at his Augusta records, though, and I know that he's this is a different year That's for good. him. Yeah, this is a different player. Yeah. It's a different player for him. I know it's a different player. But if you look at he, I don't know, he just does not, he doesn't like that area. He doesn't like Augusta, or it doesn't, it doesn't meet his eye, you yeah. know. It's 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 a weird thing with him because I think he's been in the 30s, 40s, and and maybe missed some cuts at Augusta, yeah. and it just does not set up for him. Yeah. But maybe now it does. Yeah, you I, know? Mean, I read an article and they talked about that very thing. And 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 what sets him apart that why everyone can't do this? He's one of the best putters on tour. So yeah. you know, and that's a great equalizer, especially at Augusta. I mean, I I don't know how I don't. I don't know how I don't pick him in one and done at Augusta. Probably me and everyone else, but um, I had no one pick him this week. Well, that was we got lucky there. Well, we oh yeah, we're oh all, yeah, we did. But we're all conditioned, right? I mean, you you got to hit fairways. You got to hit fairways to win right. a U.S. Open. And who knew you didn't have to? Because you always yeah. have had to. You know, that's the least yeah. fairways hit of a of a U.S. Open champion in the history of golf. So. so I mean, how about Matthew Wolf though, hanging in there? I mean, another 22, 23-year-old. Yeah. Second place. I mean, good Lord. How good is it right now? Yeah. Right. But now, and I, I'll get back to this now. Look at Matthew Wolf. Matthew Wolf, on average, over the weekend, outdrove Bryson by 20 yards every, everywhere. Yeah. He wasn't hitting fairways either. He wasn't hitting fairways either. He was, but the rough kind of played with him. Right. You know, to a little bit. Especially and Sunday so, afternoon. But, 
Right. But Wolf, Wolf on Saturday, when he made his move, hit three fairways. Wow. That's all he hit. Wow. He hit three. When he made his move on Saturday, he hit three fairways. So it was his putting probably more than anything that gave him up on Sunday. Yeah. Um, have, have you ever looked at Bryson's putter? Yes, I did. It, yeah. It's called it's called it's called a sick s i s i s i k. It is no matter how you hit it, it it basically hits it as a flat face. Mm-hmm. So it's it's got a weird angle to it. Yeah. Uh, research it. S i k putters. And it has is, is what it is. And it has more loft than his driver. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the stuff he's using. I mean, the same length irons, all that. I mean, all this could be stuff that people start doing. And he's and he's looking at, at changing up the driver a little bit to get more distance, different size head, different size shaft. Easy. Yeah. What do, what do you go down to, two degrees? <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, it's going into Augusta. This is the best. I mean, Augusta doesn't need more storylines. This is even makes, I think, uh, Augusta more dramatic with him coming in here doing what he did at the Open. And speaking of that, is there a job open at, at Winged Foot? Because I remember a certain someone said that he was going to quit if uh, if someone was under true. par. I guarantee after uh, Thursday night, he was. I bet he almost quit on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, what, is the superintendent uh, being so outspoken? Is he getting a little bit too big for his britches? I asked that question on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I mean that him and the USGA. I mean they don't want anybody under their championship. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and 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 the greens were by the time Bryson and them teed off and Wolf teed off, the greens were already brown. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They they were they had they had dried them out so much over those last two days that they were already brown and it was like putting on concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, let's yeah. let's, yeah. let's, let's yeah. switch yeah. gears yeah. and move over move over to our NFL picks. Yeah. So, uh, Rhino, you have the lead. Are four and three. Okay. Uh, I am three and four, and brothers is two and five. But where you yes. want to follow, where you want to follow brothers at is the lock. He is the only one that is two and zero oh on the lock. It's a lock for a reason. That's well. That should be correct. Yeah. I just hope we all get a college pick this week. I mean. The first week, you know, Brian will pick one that's three weeks down the road, which is, hey, I bet I know your college pick. <laughs> you week, do. You absolutely know my college pick. But I think I lost a point between when I picked him three weeks ago. <laughs> and then me and brothers last week, ours gets postponed. So. Yeah. Well, I'll go first since I'm the best one in the whole wide world. Um, my NFL game is going to be the Seattle Seahawks minus five against those shithead Dallas Cowboys. My college game is my Auburn Tigers actually playing football this week, giving eight points to the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, The the lock of the week is Virginia, giving a mere five points to to the Duke Blue Devils. And my dog is the Cincinnati Bengals getting five points from the Philadelphia Eagles. I like that dog. I like that dog. You bring up the Cowboys. Can the Falcons hold any lead at all? No. <laughs> Man, I wish I would have put some money down. It was about 20 something to nothing on the Cowboys. 
Remind me to tell the story on one of these shows um, about watching the Falcons blow the lead to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. We were on a golf trip, and we'll have to make sure we have Brian Witchman listen to that episode. Oh, man. I mean, that coach and those players, they just, you know, I had to bring back some bad memories. <laughs> so, so speaking of Atlanta, <laughs> oh, boy. That's my NFL pick of the week. <laughs> well, yeah, Atlanta minus three versus Chicago. So, and then we'll go off the reins to for the college University of Texas. I looked at this at, at San Antonio. Yep, I looked at this game minus six and a half versus Middle Tennessee State as my college game. I don't hate that at all. No. Uh, I'll go to my dog because everybody's following my locks, you know, from now on. Yeah. I'll go to my dog. My dog, I'm going to say, I I, enjoy, I, saw, I like the way they played the other night. Um, Louisville plus three versus Pittsburgh. I can't believe they're getting three, but okay. Where's that game? Because that may not happen if it's in Louisville. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, That's probably a good thing. They might want to go ahead and yeah. get the hell out of town. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and then my lock of the week, uh, big rivalry in the state of Florida, Miami plus 11 and a half versus Florida state. We're giving it up to Florida state, but I think Miami just looked so good the other night. Yeah. So, and and so versus the Seminoles, the Seminoles didn't impress me. I think they lost the the first night. They did. They killed a, a either a five or 16 parlay I had that would have made me a nice chunk of change and they screwed it up. So. Yeah. Yep, so, so there's, there's, there's the brothers, uh, don't follow plays of the week. Except for the lock. <laughs> and I don't even know really about that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, t- I text you guys this week. I want, a, I want a bunch of dogs this week. Yeah. So NFL, I'm going to take a little risk. I'm going to even take the money line with the Vikings against the – they're at home against the Titans. Oh, we can take money lines? We can't take money wow. lines. We're doing everything against the spread. I thought it was oh, against well, spreads. No, well, it's three then. Okay, they're going to get I'll take my – hell, give me all of them a minus 5,000. <laughs> Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> all right. That's my NFL. My college is Texas Tech getting 18 and a half versus Texas. That's a good pick, I think. And at Texas Tech. So um, my lock is going to be the Jaguars giving three to the Dolphins. Ooh. And I looked at that. I looked at that. Yeah. Jaguars yeah. played good first two games. Yeah. Miami, well, they just need to switch to Tua. Yeah. <laughs> and then my – dog is going to be the Jets getting 10.5 versus the Colts. I don't see them winning, but I could see the Colts screwing around and almost losing. And not covering. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. Not yeah, all bad all you got to do is cover. That's right. True. So yeah. there are my great picks all for right. the week. Well, good luck, boys. Um, I, I, I've been betting my picks. I know you have too, so hopefully we can uh, make some money this year on, on those picks. I did good last week. Not yeah. on my picks. <laughs> Boy, me. Boy, me. I'm down. <laughs> uh, so, again, it's football, though. Huge football game on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, this, 
this Friday. North Davis at Linton. Uh, North Davis four and zero. Linton three and one or four and one. Their only loss is Southridge, who I think won state last yeah. year. So good luck to Coach. Always Feinberg. a big rival game. So so give, so give me give me your honest opinion. Is Linton the same Linton as always? So I had a buddy from Linton tell me, you know, they always talk about beefing up their schedule, beefing up their schedule. Well, he said they finally did it, but now it's one of the weaker Linton teams that they've had. Granted, it's, it, that'd be like saying it's a weaker Bari volleyball, Bari basketball team, you know. They're still going to win almost every game except for a couple. So, I mean, I think they're gettable this year. Not as They still like to pass the ball like they always do. So, it could be a fun fun game to watch. I mean, it sounds like both teams are going to pass yeah. Hopefully the Cougars can get it done. Well, good luck. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, guys, hey, why don't we get to um, our interview with our third professional athlete that we've had on the show. We had uh, Adam Shank and Josh Teeter, and now we've got uh, Luke Zeller, great guy. And now he got to the professional rank. That's quite the story you're getting ready to hear, folks. Yeah, but. some good stuff. So let's go to that interview right after. We'll take a quick break from uh, from our sponsors, and then we will go right into the Luke Zeller interview. Hey, you know, as the weather's starting to get cooler, it's a beautiful time to play golf at Country Oaks Golf Club in Montgomery, Indiana. Call 812-486-3300 and reserve your tee time Zoysia grass fairways make for very, very good play when the weather starts getting cooler. You don't lose any of that beautiful fairway grass like you do at some places. So come over and see Country Oaks. And remember, you can still do your practicing on the range. Got a credit card machine right out there, so all you got to do is walk up, slap it, get some balls, and then go work on your game. And don't forget, also, as you go into the fall and you've got baby showers, wedding showers, things like that, you can rent the facility in the old clubhouse for your function. So give them a call, 812-486-3300. Country Oaks Golf Club in Montgomery, Indiana. We will see you at the Oaks. And we have a very famous person in this uh, area joining us this afternoon, and Mr. Luke Zeller. Luke, how are you? Blake and Brian, good to be with you, and I'm glad you said in this area, because otherwise I was going to call you a liar on the famous topic. <laughs> yeah, I was so, going to say, you might have to tell uh, everybody who you are, Luke. Nobody knows you around here. Well, I'll say, I, I'm, I'm getting a little older, Blake and Brian. Uh, you know, now I'm into the coaching career more than the playing deal, and and uh, as a coach, I'm still a little new at this whole thing. <laughs> well, I, I think you're still remembered by uh, most, especially in the Washington area around here. I mean, when you're uh, – uh, Mr. Basketball, McDonald's All-American, and you hit some decent shot, I think, that everybody might remember. He did? So. You know, that, that that was a pretty good day. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty fun. And, and uh, you know, for, for me, and, and I, I think that uh, being able to understand people here from home, you, you hope that uh, if you're remembered for something and, and remembered for the things about the, the what you do, uh, you hope you remember more for who you are and, and the way you treat people and, and treat them back. So uh, that, that's the kind of things that you learn uh, growing up in Washington. And the further I go and the more countries or cities or opportunities I go through, the more I find that to be even more true. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, uh, it, it's easier cool part, right? if it, it's easier for people not to remember my half court shots versus yours. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, you know, I had some of the same ones you did out in the backyard yeah, first. You know, yeah. I had I had quite a bit of practice. That they told me I shouldn't be practicing before that. Yeah, well, I know Blake's got got a lot of information that we'll talk about through your career, but we've already brought it up. Let's talk about that first. And I'm sure that you've never been interviewed about that day before. But what what do you remember just up until leading up to that about that game that uh, against Plymouth in the in the state finals, and and then we'll talk about that last time out and shot. Yeah, you know, I, I think for, for me, lead, leading up to that, uh, probably the biggest thing leading up to that is just Coach Omer and his wife fighting cancer. I mean, that, that, that's, yeah. the, that's the kind of stuff that, for me, was meaningful. He was missing a lot of our practices. Uh, uh, we'd only lost two games there at the Hall of Fame, but he would miss practices often. Right. And, uh, you know, for us, it was meaningful to, to do something that, we had one sectional in 20 years. We get to win that, and then you can move on, win regionals, win the semi-state, and, and you get to the state finals. And, uh, you know, I had five guys that were in my class, and I think a lot of people can relate, right? Those That's five great. guys I yeah. played sixth grade AU with, and we went to nationals together as a little school team. And, you know, very, very close with all those guys. And uh, for me, I, I, I didn't – I don't know. You get to this point that – you feel like you're representing home more than anything else. And I think that's what makes any high school basketball so special. Is and I think everybody should enjoy it, regardless if they move on to a, another level, uh, move on to college, move on to professional, or if high school basketball and high school athletics are what they do. You get to represent home, and what, right. what better chance to do it, right, on a state level, uh, represent home, and and so that for me was what was going through my head. Uh, honestly, as, as we went down to the end of the game, it's like, man, I got to do it for home. And, and uh, Wilda's fighting uh, for everything she's got. Uh, and I knew a few other stories of people that were in the stands and, and what they were fighting for. And I'm just playing basketball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's like it just puts into perspective for you. You got you can dig a little deeper when that starts happening, right? Yeah. Did, did you feel uh, – as Plymouth made that comeback and, and, and things were getting kind of crazy, did you feel like, oh, my goodness, it's slipping away? No, I was just ticked off that we made it close. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, you know, it ended up real nice uh, how it worked out. But we were – I think I think we were up like eight with four minutes left and we couldn't hold on to the daggum right. ball. <laughs> and it's like if we would just pass the ball around and wait, we'd be fine and, and we couldn't hold on to it. Honestly, if there was a shot clock, we would have been in a better spot. At least we would have up on the rim instead of yeah, turning it over. There you go. Uh, we, we were trying to hold on to it and kill the clock and, and ended up in a tough spot. Um, but, you know, even even the, the play that they made, um, you know, because there was a couple of plays to finish regulation that, that were some tough plays and then get into overtime, and we're up one. And uh, Tony Bar- Barnard, our, our assistant coach, had done an unbelievable job of scouting I, we all knew what play they were running. Uh, Kyle Benj and, yeah. and uh, Sheets were really good uh, off the three. They were both running the flare screen off of both sides. And uh, young freshman uh, all of a sudden uh, breaks off the play and drives to the basket. Made a great finish. Just an absolutely great finish. And uh, Randy Davis was a freshman then and ended up having a good career and, and uh, playing in college, I believe. And yeah. so uh, made an unbelievable play to, to put us down one. And uh, I just remember calling timeout, walking over the sideline, telling them there needs to be more time on the clock. And uh, I guess this is a uh, confession with you guys. I don't know if we need more time on the clock, but I needed more time. <laughs> there, I yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought, we, we, shoot, we need some more time than that. That's tough. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, you go over to the sideline, and, 
And uh, so I'll jump to your second part, you know, kind of leading up to that. And you go over the sideline, and, and Hoosiers is, is and has been my favorite movie. And, uh, and so for, for me, it's, it's going over there. And, and uh, I, I told Coach, um, hey, give me the ball. I'm a score. Um, and, and for me, it wasn't a, a I'm arrogant. I need to have it. It was a, you know what, I, I know I've got other opportunities. If this doesn't go in, I want this on me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want any of my teammates to have that. Um, and I could go further into the story, but other teammates or other places at home, you know, you hear about the small town uh, guys that miss the shot. and like That's what they hear about the rest of their lives, and they're still at home. And I'm thinking, I'll be at home, but for at least the next four years, I'm going to Notre Dame. So, <laughs> right, uh, this, right. This doesn't work. I don't want this on any. I, I, I love my teammates, and and so kind of kind of said that. But we had a play we worked on at the end of every practice. And if any high school coaches are listening, uh, work on your end of game plays right. every practice. We we did. We ran the play that we ran every practice all season. Really? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't like the play. There was not a play drawn up. Uh, they drew up the play, but it was just a reminder. Um, Justin Smith was an all state soccer goalie. And he took the ball out, and the play was to throw me the ball uh, on the right wing. Uh, I was getting a screen underneath the basket, get the get the ball on the right wing, and he could throw it there on a dime. Yeah. And at 1.8 seconds, I could catch it, take a dribble, turn around, and shoot a three. Um, you know, and, and maybe it's, so it's kind of a Christian Leitner play of sorts, but off to the side. And uh, with that, so we knew what play we were running. So when I said, get me the ball, I'll score, I was thinking, let's run the play we were guarding. Right. You know, it wasn't a – Right. It wasn't a cocky thing. It was just, I know what we're going to do. Now let's make it work. Um, and so we went out and, and uh, lucky for us, Plymouth called timeout because the first time we went out, um, they had somebody on, on the ball. And yeah. uh, I don't know if the pass makes it. Uh, right. if, if, if they had somebody on the ball, they called timeout and took them off the ball. Thought they knew what we were set up in. And uh, fortunately, if you, you watch the clip and gone over it enough times now, uh, Justin pass fake because the play is busted. I mean, right. it just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, I ran over there and Justin kind of pass fake because the play we worked on all the time didn't work. And then I thought, well, shoot, I'm just going to run. And uh, right before I had gone out, Coach Homer pulled me aside and said, 1.8, take one dribble. Yep. Don't heave it up there. That you know, and, and I'm, was, I'm glad you said that because that was the one thing that I've been a little critical of, of some of Dave's timeouts coming down that stretch when he was a little, I thought, a little more frantic than what the what the situation called for. However, when I read yeah. that quote to just today, doing some research for this, I thought that was really, really interesting that he he talked to you about that because you did, you had time to take a dribble and take some time. And I think what it said in that article I read was, "Don't just heave it, take a dribble yeah. and take a shot." I thought that was really interesting. And that's exactly what he said. And, and that goes through your mind, right? Like, so I, now I'm in a coaching spot. And it's like, what do you tell players down the stretch? Like, what kind of feedback do you give them? At the end of the day, you want them to shoot the same shot they've shot the whole time. Right. You're giving it to your best shooter that has a good shot form from a technique perspective. You don't want pressure to come into play. Yeah. And uh, now now I do a lot of research on talent development, leadership development. Here's, here's a quiz question for you. Uh, do, do you guys know uh, the four areas that pressure comes from? First one is uh, fear. I don't talk about that one because I don't have enough degree. So uh, not that I ignore it, but I just don't talk about it. And uh, But then there's, there's three other areas, things that are important, things that are uncertain, and things that are judged. And when you think about elite performance, and I, I learned this from, from a, a military veteran that uh, is unbelievable at what he's done and, and, uh, and, and was able to share some of his experiences as a, as a military leader. But you think about the three areas, important, uncertain, and judged. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. in the middle of that state championship moment or in the middle of the biggest pressure moment you have at work or, uh, you know, your biggest podcast or when both of you get to uh, continue to move forward with what you're doing, things are important, things are uncertain, things to judge. It just distracts you, right? Like right, yeah. if you're going in and I'm going out, instead of thinking about taking one dribble and holding my follow through, I'm thinking about, wow, this is a state championship with 18,000 people and sold out Conseco Fieldhouse. That's not a good look. Like, right. that's not what I need to do yeah. right after that play. Uh, things that are uncertain, like 100% it's uncertain what the defense is going to do. Like, but if I start focusing on, well, what if he does this and I'll do this? And if he does this, I'll do this. It's like, well, I just need to figure out a way to get the ball and get in a good spot and get my shoulders square and put it up. And then things that are judged, like you can't start thinking about uh, whether it's there or later in my career playing on ESPN. Like uh, some guys would get really amped up by that stuff, but I, I think it's a distraction. Um, if you think about the way things are judged, like it, it's kind of like the Hoosiers clip of like, nah, this, let's get the tape measure out. This goal is the right size. Like this is the same as our spot at home. Right. right. And, uh, from a, from a mental training, fully focused, engaged in the moment perspective, telling somebody really specific what they need to do takes out those areas of pressure, takes out the things that are uncertain. I was not uncertain that when I caught the ball, I was going to dribble. Uh, yeah. you know, it takes out the fact that things are judged. Like it's not, it's not something you bring up. Like, it, you know, so <laughs> I've heard yeah. stories of coaches telling them like, this is the moment everybody lives for. Like, no, tell them after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you don't go. don't yeah. tell them on their way out. That's right. terrible. Well, and, uh, so, for, so for me, I, I ran, got the ball, caught, took a dribble. And then, uh, what I was fortunate is, uh, I, I had some people to help me out. Um, and I got stronger for four years in high school. I, I was 185 pounds as a freshman, 245 pounds as a senior. So wow. when I shot that shot, it was a whole lot like shooting a three when I was a freshman, 60 right. pounds lighter. Yeah. And so uh, I, I just shot a jump shot. Uh, yeah, well, safe to say you uh, you handled it perfectly. <laughs> well, I, that one did. I mean, there's yeah. plenty of other ones I missed. You know? <laughs> have, you, uh, and, and, have you ever talked to uh, Coach Edison from Plymouth one-on-one? Oh, yeah, yeah. great great man and and uh, we've talked we've had a couple of conversations yeah. you know um one one uh one that would be interesting we've never done it uh together but a guy i've grown a ton of respect for is a guy by the name of kyle plumley was on that team uh-huh. and uh kyle's gone on to be really successful and just really respect him as a person and now he's a coach and a trainer uh, i think with drew hamlin's group and uh and does a does an unbelievable job but uh, his perspective was interesting him and i had a real long conversation about just where our life journey was at at that point in time and uh, it was interesting just uh faith and and uh, basketball and where it was at and, yeah and uh cool. both of us ended up in a really good spot but just yeah so i've had a couple of conversations uh but only a handful yeah <laughs> so uh we'll move past your historic high school career um and going to kind of recruiting and then i guess the second part of that question is uh advice that you gave to cody and tyler on your situations with the cr- recruiting yeah, most of my advice, and, and, and Blake and Brian, whether this is good or bad, I just tell people all the things I screwed up. Yeah, uh, right, that's, right. That's most of my advice. Like, hey, that was a bad move. You shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> you know, Tyler and Cody, probably my biggest advice to Tyler was I asked them to be better than me. Yeah. And and I think there's a lot of sibling rivalry, and, and, and those are good things and healthy and still happen for us, right? Like that's, say, that's I've hilarious. never noticed that. But <laughs> Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, don't you want your family to be successful? Sure, absolutely. And, uh, you know, so I, I think my biggest advice to them in recruiting and, and in their own development, and uh, it's like I've had, I've had people tell me, like, man, it would stink to be Luke Zeller. 
both his brothers are successful, played in the NBA for a long time. And, uh, and, and I had somebody tell me that. And I, I guess I, I'm, I'm a pretty nice guy, but I've also got the competitive side. And, uh, and I, I just, I looked at the guy that told me that. And I said, well, what do your brothers do? Mine both play in the NBA. <laughs> well, yeah. And uh, he started down a list and, and he's like, huh, good point. I'm like, I'm proud of him. <laughs> right. like, I'm genuinely happy for my brother. It's like that's, so for me, my biggest advice was carve your own path right. yeah. and make it better than mine. Like, don't, don't get to the point. Cause, and, and you guys know, small town southern Indiana can be like, well, that's Luke's brother. No, I want him to be Tyler and Cody. Right. Yep. There and, you go. and to be honest, I'm yeah. proud that I'm Cody's brother and Tyler's brother in reference now. Yeah. And uh, when I screw up on stuff, I'm really glad that people think I'm Tyler all the time. <laughs> uh, some, people, some people don't know who I am. Right. So it's like, man, I, I want to keep my beard strong so people think I'm Tyler back at home if, if I ever do something silly. Yeah. And uh, but but as far as recruiting goes, you know, just they learned a lot. But dad dad was the one that got it on my son. Uh, both mom and dad, they just saw what I went through and and experiences and and get to know people. I mean, you really do. Like there, there's recruiting and there's recruiting how it's covered, and then there's the fact that. Even in college basketball, they're people, right? Like, sure. um, you know, just being connected with who they are. And, and uh, you know, Brad Stevens recruited me. Todd Licklider, you know, Todd Licklider is unbelievable. Now coaching at Distinction, it's like, well, I got no problem calling Todd at, at uh, Evansville about one of our kids from this summer. Sure. Uh, it's a pretty easy phone call when Todd recruited me. 15 years ago, you know, right. uh, Greg Lansing was an assistant at Iowa with Alford when, uh, when I was coming up. So you get to know good people. There's right. a lot of good people in college basketball. And so, um, I don't know if that helps answer your question, recruiting, oh, but huh. the biggest thing is just telling them carve their own path, you know, yeah. just really, really, really proud of both of them. And, and once again, proud of the things they did, but more proud of who they are. Right, uh, absolutely. They're good people. Cody's got his Like a Child Foundation that he's giving back to people through that. And, you know, he, he's uh, probably one thing I think is so cool is uh, kind of the rookie, like, uh, orientation type thing. They make the rookies go dress up and go to the children's hospital. Oh, well, wow. Cody's yeah. liked it so much that he's gone eight years in a row. Oh, that's <laughs> and so he, he's that's dressing awesome. up, you know, he's Captain America or Luigi one year and just <laughs> You know, so now he goes every year with the rookies because he's volunteering. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just that, that, that's the kind of stuff that it's like, yeah, he's been successful in basketball, but, man, you can make a difference with that stuff. And, and I think that's for anybody, right? Like, sure. even if it's not making the NBA, it's like successful business people in the community, people that have a trade and a skill. Like, shoot, I, if I'm trying to renovate my house during COVID, which I tried to watching YouTube videos, <laughs> uh, I would have much rather had somebody that actually knew what they were doing. Absolutely. But like, that's the stuff that we can, we can give to people, right? Like sure, stuff huh? we get good at, the uh, platforms we get, and, and that's where we get to give back, and that's where communities get made. Yeah. And uh, that's the good in the world. So anyway. Did you, uh, did you feel a lot of pressure through, through your recruiting and, and, and as far as making the right decision, or were you pretty set? Now, you had an uncle that played at Notre Dame, correct? No, Iowa. I had an uncle that played at Missouri, and okay. then uh, he, he was drafted, I think, in 78 by the Pistons, Pistons. in the first yeah, right, round. Right. And so the, 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 my, my final five, Missouri was in there. Uh, okay. Ironically, uh, he, he's had a journey since then, but Quinn Snyder was the coach there then. Right. Um, you know, and another another fun story that I've, I've, I've never told uh, publicly, so you guys will get the first to go with this, um, but – yeah, my, my other one of my other final five was Stanford. Mike Montgomery came in. Oh wow! And uh, and then he was at, at Stanford, and we had asked the question, you know, hey, so how long how long do you plan on 
staying here. He's like, oh, I'm going to be here for all four years of your, your school. And it's like, oh, awesome. And uh, it was the next week he left and took a different job. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, there you so go. Much, so much for that. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 it was one of those. Of, and, 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 you know, you never know how that stuff happens, sure. right? Like, sure. you can't blame people. If, if I got a phone call and, and all of a sudden I've got uh, an unbelievable job opportunity somewhere else um, and, and coaching in the NBA, would I take it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, so. You don't you don't blame him, and uh, but at the same time, I just found it ironic. Um, For sure, that, that didn't that didn't work out. Where where yeah, I mean, where would you have gone if it wasn't Notre Dame? You know, my number two at the time was uh, was was Illinois. I, really? I, I, okay. Bruce Weber was there. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was when James Augustine. I, I got I've gotten really close and stayed really close with Roger Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, that was on that team. He's an ordained Pentecostal minister, and him and I just connect and exchange Christmas cards to this day. Yeah. Um, but then you got Darren Williams and D. Brown on that group. Yeah. That now here's, here's the problem: they were all graduating. I was coming the year after, so um, I, you know Roger would have still been there. But I, I think I think that was the challenge. And, and Notre Dame has, has been great. I mean, to, oh, to yeah, get yeah. an opportunity to be a Notre Dame athlete and have the Notre Dame connections and opportunities this had me set uh for life i mean it's just uh it's a spot that for me i wanted to be challenged both in the classroom and on the court to go to the number one business school in the country it was hard to pass up yeah, i mean pretty good decision glad, right yeah i mean it was good to play basketball i was honored to play college basketball but um now since i i got to play professionally for five years i've been out for six and i've had a job throughout largely in part my Notre Dame degree right. and uh and then the other part just to learning how to work hard from growing up in a small town and grandparents that were farmers so um that combination's worked out pretty well but I, I would say I, I felt I wouldn't know I don't know if I felt pressure but if I'm if I'm thinking through those four elements of pressure now that you guys know them all um you know you, you feel like your decisions are judged pretty closely and you feel like it's a pretty important decision on where you go. Right. And, uh, and and so you feel those two elements of pressure. But I, I would say then you start putting undue pressure on yourself, and I did this at times, that I need to play like a D1 player instead of play like myself. Yeah. I see this in kids now, too, that have a really good, like, you know, tournament, state tournament, or have a really good uh, season or high expectations, and they try to play like something. That somebody preseason and ranked them or said they're going to be there. Interesting. Think, well, just yeah. play like yourself. Right. And as a byproduct, you'll end up at this spot. And uh, Carol Dweck got this stuff on fixed and growth mindset. And in a fixed mindset, you tie your identity and performance together. And a growth mindset, your identity is somebody that continues to just grow and get better. And your performance is a byproduct of that. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's okay. And it always gets better. Yeah. And I think at times I had a fixed mindset. I think that was probably my, my biggest challenge in, in Notre Dame. Um, was a fixed mindset. When I had a bad game, um, you know, I felt like I was a bad player, you know, and, and really dove into that. And I think there's sometimes that gets, uh, some people will say, well, that's just because he's really competitive. It's like, well, that's not really, the more research I've done, it's not really that healthy for long-term growth. Hey, I do it every uh, Tuesday night in golf league, Luke, so I know. <laughs> well, shoot, if you, come, I know what you, you mean. come golfing with me, you come golfing with me, then uh, we're going to need to bring at least 30 golf balls. I brought, last time I went to a golf scramble, I think I brought 70 golf balls. Now, I left with 40. Um, <laughs> well, that's not bad. I really. have a really good spot. I also, uh, this is, we're just a uh, full confession out here today. Uh, but I, last time I went golfing, I am so bad. I hit a car twice off of one drive. 
I kid you not. I hit this ball and it goes down the road and it pops the car once. The car slows down and hit its hood. Oh, so you hit the uh, you hit, hit the same car. Same car twice. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad I am. Uh, that's at great. So. Hey, I'm getting he, better though. He hit uh, right into our, our birdies part of this podcast. Yeah, so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we perfect. just have two more questions for you, uh, yeah, and then we'll right. let you go. Uh, so you talked a little bit about your professional career. Can you talk a little bit more about you know the experience of playing in the NBA and overseas, and you know all, yeah. all that? Yeah, uh, you know I'll, I'll do uh, I'll do a forty five second of my professional career. Uh, you know, graduated from Notre Dame, uh, had some NBA workouts. Uh, Tyler and Cody went to the green room. Uh, for me, I had a chance, and, and there were uh, talk of maybe I could go with the 59 or 60th pick, uh, kind of work my way in there. So I went to the green room, known as Applebee's. Uh, they have half-price appetizers. It's a oh. great spot to watch the draft. Yeah, very it nice. might be yeah. end of the second draft. And so I uh, didn't get drafted, uh, but then uh, had an opportunity with the Chicago Bulls in Summer League, uh, went there, uh, and I'll, I'll skip most of my injuries, uh, but uh, – small room bumps there and then went to Japan. My only offer was to play in Japan. Uh, and so, which was great because I'd never lived outside of, uh, Indiana. Right. And so, uh, packed two bags and a George Foreman moved to Japan, uh, read my contract. And in my contract, uh, they had, uh, transportation provided. I got a bicycle with a basket, a bell and a light on it. <laughs> and, uh, I was on a non-guaranteed contract for all nine months that I was over there. So every week our assistant GM would come in and say, if we lose one, he's going to get cut. Oh, we had five Americans oh and he was not bluffing. Um, uh, wow. and I still owed my grandpa, uh, money for the, uh, wedding ring. I bought my wife. So engagement ring. So that I had to say, uh, so I did, I stayed all 50 games and, and played over there. Um, I also got this, uh, this, this, uh, as they called it special flu. Uh, I think I had the cousin of COVID, uh, when oh, I was wow. over there. Yeah. Um, and so I was out for a week. They wouldn't let me around the team. And then the assistant GM came up and said, Hey, just as a reminder, if we lose this weekend, one of you's going to get cut and sent home. If you don't play, it's going to be oh, you. Oh my goodness. So I, I played, um, luckily I played better than the other American cause he went home, he went home. uh, but I, I wouldn't recommend the 10 minute nap. I took a nap at halftime, uh, in that game. <laughs> So played in Japan, came home, played in the Bulls Summer League, um, played well in the mini camp before going to Vegas, and uh, they called me in and said, hey, thanks for coming. Uh, you've been cut. Drive home safe. And uh, so I, I didn't make that one. I uh, went to Lithuania for two months, uh, read that contract. There was one part that we were on different pages. Uh, I believed that they should pay me. They did not. <laughs> and uh, so we, we had a small miscommunication. And yeah, said, we will pay very- you next week. And I I said, well, it's been eight weeks that you told me that. So uh, I think I'll go back home. Uh, and so came back home from Lithuania, and uh, I got some stories there. Uh, went to uh, Bakersfield, California. Well, this is now relevant. I got drafted by the Iowa Energy uh, in the D-League draft. Okay. Uh, I don't think hardly anybody was paying attention. Uh, the coach of the Iowa Energy at that time was a guy by the name of Nick Nurse that was on his way up. And uh, – if, if you don't follow Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors, yeah, the Raptors. coach of the year this year. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, and, and so got drafted by him. But uh, my agent, and, and I don't know if this was good advice or not, my agent said, hey, that's not the right spot. So don't go to training camp until they trade you. And uh, so I didn't, and they traded me. And I went to Bakersfield, California. And uh, if you've never been to Bakersfield, California, people from California told me later that they considered the armpit of, ba- <laughs> of California. And people in Bakersfield consider Oildale the neighborhood that I lived in, yeah. the armpit of Bakersfield. So well, you know, I lived in the armpit of the armpit. <laughs> I used to travel uh, to Bakersfield quite often on business. And uh, 
my wife, the first time I was out there, she said, what does, what's that like? You know, you hear a lot about Bakersfield. I said, it looks like dirt. And, and yeah. that's what it's like yeah. is just a whole bunch of dirt. I lived there and played there and uh, made a whopping thirteen thousand uh, dollars before taxes, and oh, wow. uh, that that was one that you think deeply of. I have a number one, I have a degree from the number one business school in the country. What am I doing? And uh, but I had a dream, kept pursuing it, and so played in Bakersfield for the season. Uh, didn't get any call ups or any opportunities. Um, that next summer was actually the NBA lockout. Got a chance in uh, an open gym with the Spurs. I uh, got some stories there, but uh, night before the lockout, they said, hey, R.C. Buford said, hey, we like where you're at. Uh, when the lockout's done, we're going to invite you to training camp. Uh-huh. And uh, sounds good, so I passed up overseas opportunities since I hadn't got paid in the last one. Didn't feel good. Right. Um, went with the U.S. Pan Am team, uh, made it through two cuts, and then all of a sudden they decided, uh, hey, we're going to cut you anyway. And so the night before we left, I got cut again. Oh. And uh, <laughs> wow. you've seen a theme here. And yeah. so uh, – then uh, went and played with the uh, Toros, the uh, Spurs D-League team, uh, while while the lockout was happening. Lockout ends. Night before the lockout, um, I played in a game with the Toros, break my nose. So I broke it back into place in the locker room and showed up. <laughs> and Popovich being from Northern Indiana was like, you're crazy, but I like it. Uh, but go get surgery. So I went and got surgery. And there were nine guys trying for one spot with the Spurs that year. Uh-huh. And... Uh, so me and, and uh, the other nine guys were there. Uh, we were with this other rookie. They just traded for him. I was real upset because they were real like George Hill in San Antonio. They picked yeah. up this rookie named Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and, not bad. Uh, not bad. He, was, he was quiet and, and uh, still kind of figuring it out. But, uh, you know, Kawhi and I were rookies together for two months. Wow. And uh, so then uh, got down to two guys. Uh, ended up, I was the last guy cut. Uh, went back uh, to play with the Toros. They said, hey, you're probably going to get called back up. Uh, freak accident, uh, got elbowed with my mask on, shattered my nose. Oh. Um, the freak accident happened. The guy that hit me, it was intentional. I beat him out for one of those U.S. Pan Am spots uh, six months earlier. So, um, And being able to, to – I was out for two months, uh, had a $70 paycheck, workers' comp on $18,000 of $70 <laughs> for anybody wondering. So obviously real faithful. <laughs> we sent a $7 check to our church. They probably thought it was a mistake. Yeah, right. Uh, but we tied. And uh, – Came back, won a championship in the D League. Um, fun, fun, uh, another fun fact. My assistant coach in that D League team was Taylor Jenkins, who's now the head coach of the Grizzlies. Yeah, wow. And uh, and so played there. And then one of my guard, the guard on that team was Brad Wanamaker. Uh, I'm really okay. happy for Brad to, to keep going. And uh, then played the Spurs in summer league that summer, and uh, made the Phoenix Suns the next season. So. Um, I, I know that's a, a long story, but that's probably the best way to tell it. Of, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate and, and and really blessed to be able to play in the top 450 players in the world for right. one year. Yeah. But I think the journey is almost more meaningful than sure. the result. Sure. Uh, the result was awesome. I mean, I, I got to score, a, you know, I scored seven points against the Miami Heat. LeBron was on the floor for my first – well, he was on the bench, but, you know, his feet were on the floor right. uh, <laughs> for my first – my first seven points and, and, uh, I ruined free taco night at the Staples center, uh, when Kobe was playing, and, oh, no. you know, so just, just a, a few, a few spots. I scored the hundredth point, got booed by everybody in the Staples center, uh, ruined free taco night. So, you know, but just, just being in those spots and I learned so much. I mean, it, yeah. it was, it was a hard journey, but it was the most worthwhile journey. I, I would, I would, uh, I don't know if, you know, would I do it again? Yeah, I, I, I could and I would. Um, but 
man, I, I learned so much that now I feel like I'm doing that every day. What right? Like you just yeah. you, you get into a spot of like that's who you are more than just what you do, and and you can become a person that it, man, I can overcome anything. And you know what? I know what it takes to get in the top 500 world in the world at something. And I hope everybody pursues that, right? Like yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm special in being there. I worked hard. I screwed up. I failed a bunch. And I think that's a story for everybody, right? Like you can become top 500 in the world at whatever you want. It's going to be a lot of work. You know, a lot of setbacks. A lot of it's going to be situational. Uh, you know, the same night I was cutting the Spurs, this guy named Jeremy Lin was cutting the Rocket. Right, and uh, you know, it's just like. You, you start realizing the other parts of these stories and you think, man, could my story be like that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just what, what, what could that be yeah. like? So anyway, that, that's, that's been uh, a lot of fun. So Yeah, and so I, we know you got to get going here, but one last thing we want you to kind of just talk briefly about your, your organization distinction. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And for us, I uh, talked about that college recruiting. Uh, when we, we looked at college recruiting, my, my dad always asked, questions and and uh we love my dad we also love giving him a hard time he always asked the same question and told the same story and still does and uh they're new and interesting for other people but we're bored uh, <laughs> and so for for us though he, he asked one question was really impactful and uh yeah just what was what was missing from the college basketball game today or what did coaches look for and the resounding answer was character and, and now you've seen it with the san antonio spurs right. what they've done yep. and, and you've seen it with so so many things um, but just what, what does that mean? And, you know, these coaches kept saying that. So distinction was kind of like, man, if we could figure out a way that we could teach character and basketball all in one space, rather than, you know what, at, uh, Boy Scouts and church and all these spots, you teach character and these character attributes, but at basketball, you just teach basketball. Right. And what if we taught basketball where we could teach character and, and even faith all in one space? And, and, and teach how to do leadership and, and teach community service and do all that one, one space together. And so we kind of started this journey, and, and it's been uh, similar to the professional journey. There's been a ton of mishaps. I mean, our first camp, we had like an eight-hour camp with third-grade kids, and my dad was helping. And, you know, we were trying to do shell drill as mm-hmm. part of it for yep. a, a really bad reason, right. uh, like six hours in with third-graders. And so my dad's like offering free frosties for everybody if they'll just talk on defense. And I'm like, we've really gotten to this point. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but, but growing a ton, we were fortunate. We've had 5,000 kids over 10 years. We had wow, zero in great. 2020 for campers. Um, and, uh, obviously it's a tough year with COVID for everybody. Uh, but wanted to keep everybody safe. And then we're, we've been fortunate. Our teams have continued to take off. Uh, we've had, uh, we've got about 10 teams on the guy side, about oh. four teams on the girl side now. Great. Uh, we had our, our class that graduated last year, 13 of our 20 guys are college athletes. Uh, one of them's a division one player, actually one for you to tune into. That'll be pretty fun. Um, the opener for army, uh, West point against Notre Dame on veterans day, two of the freshmen on that team are former distinction players. Oh, awesome. So our, our, our two, awesome. two of our, so, uh, Noah Jagger from Bloomington South and Matt Dove. Uh, from Princeton are are two of the people and and, and I, I that's great just just I, I'm I'm personally biased for Southern Indiana kids and, and sure. I'm even more biased for Distinction kids so take that for what it's worth <laughs> um, but uh, the the Army coaching staff has said that Matt Dove is the most talented big they've had in ten years and he's improved a ton he spent a year of prep school at Army last year and and uh, just a, a six nine athlete he came back a couple times. I'm just really proud of the person that he is yeah. and how he keeps developing too and his confidence and, and uh, really, really excited for him to 
represent Southern Indiana. Noah Jagger just has – if you haven't watched Noah Jagger play, he is basketball the right way. Cool. I mean, just pass first, plays hard. He's 5'9", but he is the fastest, grittiest guy and probably wow. the best leader. I mean, uh, you think about tough things in our world and, and how much I appreciate the military and what these guys are going to do after school. And you know what? If guys like Noah Jagger are the kind of guys protecting us, uh, I, I feel better sleeping yeah, tonight. That's and, great. uh, you know, just, he's, he's a guy that plays beats in the school play on top of all of it, right? Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just the right guy. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, distinction's been great and, and, uh, tough year without camps, but our teams are still able to play safely and, and, uh, parents and kids adapted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were actually a featured story on an app called Home Court because yep. our kids put up 2.3 million dribbles, I saw that, uh, yeah. over, over COVID and, and, uh, so, just, just really, really, really proud of our kids. Excited for our girls' program. Our girls' program's growing, and uh, we've got two former D1, uh, one former D1 uh, girls player that played at Coastal Carolina. Another one just finished up at Hanover, mm-hmm. uh, coaching our girls' program, and just really, really excited. Awesome. Our, our girls' program's growing, and we've got uh, a couple of girls that'll be in our senior-to-be class that I think could have a chance to be in college athletes there. And, and so I, I'm just really proud of our kids, and it's fun coaching Southern Indiana kids. I mean, they just they just work hard. They get oh, yeah. it. Yep. They they, they, yep. they love playing. They hey, you mean I can do drills? I could do forty hours of work on home court with nobody around on my farm. It's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you could and you did. Uh, so um, yeah. Anyway, just really proud of those kids. Proud of both of you and uh, podcast. And uh, well, that's thanks great. for having me on today. Yeah. I, I know that uh, we're running running up on time, yeah. but I uh, appreciate you guys having me. And uh, if there's ever. You know, if you ever have a really slow day, and, and I know you probably <laughs> called Tyler and Cody first, and that was your third option, but if that ever happens again. We nev- and, and you I never got their numbers, third. Luke. Well, good. That's because <laughs> you, know, you asked me for it. Yeah. You know, that, but, yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, I, I appreciate being on. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep the uh, podcast going. Always uh, glad to support anything Southern Indiana. Yep. Thank you, Luke. We appreciate your time. And like you said, I mean, you're a great role model to this community and your brothers and your mom and dad. All great things that you guys have done for this. I know the community yep. appreciates it. Thanks so much, Luke. I appreciate it. Good people and, and good good reason to do it. Uh, you know, if we're all going to make a difference, I hope we make a difference for yep. home and the people next to home. So, and you, and you uh, got our numbers. If, if you ever want us to get the word out on anything distinction-wise, just let us know. We'll be happy to do that. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I'd say probably the, the growing both, both sides of our program uh, are, are really good. I mean, just looking for good kids that want to play hard and get better. Right. And uh I, it's been amazing to see the kind of kids. It's like Sam Corona, who averaged two points a game at, uh, as a junior at Vincent Lincoln, jumps in our program, does everything we ask him, does even more, gets a scholarship, played Anderson. You know, awesome. a year later. And yeah. so, you just I, 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 that's a, that's probably the biggest thing is getting the word out that if you're looking for development and you're looking for that like gritty, let's actually get better at basketball. Let's figure out that mental side besides the pressure. I hope the distinction's a spot for them, and uh, I think they would fit our culture really well. And then for us as a nonprofit, finding donors that can give. Uh, we have a lot of kids on free and reduced lunches that can't afford it, and mm-hmm. so we have donors that can help cover some of that. So just matching those up and making sure kids don't, uh, you know, don't shy away from participating because of that. I don't, I don't ever want money to be an issue. That's why right. we're a nonprofit. Yeah, you know, like that's. I, I get it. We need to do that to fund what we're doing and keep it going, but. Uh, you know, I, I hope that we make a difference more than making money. And I think that's uh, the biggest thing we want to make sure we capture uh, sure. to lead athletes to, to be better people and better players. So 
but yeah, no, appreciate. Awesome. The, uh, Sounds good. Appreciate getting the word out, and, and uh, you guys have a have a great day. Appreciate the time. Okay, Luke. Thanks, thanks Luke. Stay tuned for Impulse Radio's newest show, the Bar Reeve Sports Podcast. Voice of the Vikings, Mike DeCourcy, is going to talk to Bar Reeve players, coaches, administrators, and more. So stay tuned to Impulse Radio's new show featuring Bar Reeve Sports. Luke. Yeah, that was awesome. Great interview with Luke Zeller, man. Really, really good stuff. What are you doing? I, I hate, hate that I missed that. Yeah. yeah I mean, you guys did good. I mean, full full disclosure, Blake, when, when we got on the phone with them, he said he had, what, 15 minutes maybe? At, yeah. And by the time we you know, kind of said hello and then hit the record button, we were down to about 12. And the conversation was so good, I think it went right at about 40. So really yeah. good stuff. I mean, That's cool. That's like, cool. He just took the – I mean, we didn't even think about some of the stuff leading up to his professional career and, you know, his golf stories. So, I mean, that was what was hilarious about the whole thing. I mean, how he – his time coming into the pros, how he was treated in the in the G League and overseas. And yeah. He almost one of Chris Brothers on the golf course. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't even think Chris has accomplished that feat. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Hit, hitting the hitting uh, two two uh, actually one car one car twice. twice right? No, I haven't done that. No, <laughs> I've done a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of stuff on the golf course, but never. Yeah. yeah. Well, good oh, stuff. Yeah, and I thought he went in, you know, talking about those last few minutes of that state championship game and what led up to the the historic shot was really cool. Um, I did talk to Luke just for a few minutes um, later that day and talking about distinction. Watch our Facebook and, and Twitter pages. We'll get the link out there for Luke to help spread the word. And, and, you know, when we were talking about his teams, you know, he said he doesn't want to go out and recruit people, but he wants to be the spot that develops players into the best in Southern Indiana. And he, he really is looking to grow the women's program. Um, so watch out for that. And we will help him promote on the on the social uh, media pages where tryouts are coming up. I know there's tryouts in Washington coming up on uh, October 11th, I believe. Then they'll have another one. So watch our stuff. We'll help Luke promote that. It's the least we can do for him coming on on the show. And, and uh you know, we have these guys on here. It, it kind of elevates the, these three dorks that do this, huh? Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I think I mentioned to you before the, before the interview even started, Brian. I said, you know, for an 18-year-old kid, right after he hit the biggest shot in arguably Indiana basketball history, points straight up to the sky. I mean, it's just like, how is that the first thing that goes through your mind after you do that? I mean, that just tells you what kind of – guy luke is yeah no really cool and we we truly appreciate it um what a great guy what a great thing that he's doing with distinction and 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 told some told some pretty cool stories so hey we got a he's big not Cody's brother to us yeah <laughs> right <laughs> we've, that wasn't... we've got a big week coming up uh blake mentioned the big football game north davis linton barry Lagodi volleyball we've got the girls regional with some local players in it what else am i missing uh, just like, I don't know if Blue Chip has their conference. Like, I know Swayak has their tennis conference. Um, and next week will be tennis sectional. So. Yep. Right. So starting to wind down. We need to. We'll work on getting some of these coaches on here maybe next week for just a little check in and and uh, continue the stuff. But guys, we got anything else? What I see, 40, 48 days until opening practice. 
I Boys, think that's, that's about up. right. Yep. I think so. And so, we're, yeah. we're, and we're trending now, in the right direction. I was going to yep. say, now the restrictions are starting to be lifted, try to get out there and watch some of these teams. I mean, we're down to the very few weeks. Yeah. We brag about them every week. We're not just bragging on them for nothing here. Yep, exactly, and uh, and it may not be until basketball season, but who knows? But we've kind of did our first tester the other day in the studio, Blake and I, and and we can do live shows right there in the studio and take callers. So who knows what will happen this winter when basketball season gets going? We may have a call-in show and discuss games and have all kinds of fun. Maybe that's when the bourbon will really come in and birdies bourbon and basketball. It, it has it hasn't already. Yeah, what about the live golf event? Well, there you go. Uh, Some nights. Yeah. Hey, uh, we we still have not got a hundred hundred likes on that, so you know. Well, we'll, we'll votes, get there. So. We'll get there. The audiences. Yeah. We had a little around the holiday. We had a couple shows where we didn't get a lot of listens, but it is on the way back up. And I think once we get to basketball season, we'll we'll really grab a foothold. But lots of good stuff we're talking to. Good coaches, good kids, and and having a lot of fun yep. doing it. Good um, luck to the two girls this weekend regional. Yep, yep. They uh, they're going. Looks like perfect we weather. Yep, we're going to be in the studio next week because I miss seeing you. Yeah, I I Not think really, so. But, you know. Oh, do you need a hug? Yeah, I need a hug. I need a hug from your prick. <laughs> Chris wants to rub uh, his two pricks. <laughs> that's wrong. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start the song. Yeah. Well, it went south in a hurry. <laughs> hey, hit the subscribe button if you would, and tell a couple of friends to listen to us. We're trying to figure out what in the hell we're doing here. Yeah. Thanks, Luke, again. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Luke. After, after 16 weeks, we're still trying. <laughs> Lots of good stuff coming from Impulse Radio. Got the old school Red Hill if you listen to that. Mike DeCourcy's working on uh, his new Bar Eve show that's going to be under Impulse, and he's got a fantastic number one episode coming up that's going to be recording real soon, so watch out for that. Listen to Bar Eve Media. Wait. And, hey, uh, listen to our good friend uh, Dwayne Shake in the Shake Up every morning. You have been listening to Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball. So refreshing to hear that. Yeah, I'll bring it back. <laughs> Hello. All right, later, boys. <laughs>